Blog Talk Radio. Race fans, welcome to the most listened to show on the 110 Nation Radio Network. When it's hot, it's hot. Presenting you the caution flag of racing radio, the DJ Music Man, and the Tasmanian Devil of Flaggers. Here's your host, Chris. Chris and Tag. Good evening, Race Chat Live fans. Uh, fucking Craig's a fucking piece. And uh, I think Mr. CJ's in the booth or in the studio. <clears throat> uh, Chris is out on something personal. He'll be joining in soon, if not right now. I hope we have Craig somewhere in here. Um, but we got a couple of good hours of action here. Here on Race Chat Live, another Tuesday night. We had Auto Club happen in California. All right, you just, just All right, race fans, how the hell are you? Uh, I am uh, just now getting settled in. Uh, Taz, uh, you were loud and clear there, buddy. We got you going on. You are unmuted. Ah, there we go. Okay, okay. We have good old, yeah, we have the DJ man here. No, no, not at this moment in time. Uh, yes. So, uh, you know, uh, we've got a show to do, and uh, we got just a short time to get it done. So uh, we'll move right along. Hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, the, the race season, um, the race the other day. Sunday, I know I sure did. Uh, yeah. It was entertaining, um, to, say the, to say the least. Um, yeah, I like very, the... Very, very entertaining. There was a lot of parody in that race. I will say that. Action everywhere, Taz Taylor. Action everywhere from... It was... Uh, I, would, from, I would say that was the most... 
That was the most parity I've seen in a race that wasn't a Daytona or a Talladega race. Yeah, that's how they get it. Like I said, uh, Seth, it was action all over the racetrack. Uh, very few times outside of plate races, super speedway races, I should say. Uh, am I on the edge of my seat? Most certainly this time I was uh, on the edge of my seat uh, throughout the race evening. I think the only time I wasn't was when I think it was a long run in stage two um, where Reddick basically walked away with it. I think that was the only time it was pretty calm. But other than that, um, yeah, it was action-packed throughout. I mean, Eric Jones was up there at one point. Um, You had... Suarez coming in towards the later of the race. Reddick dominated for for a little over half of that, but I mean Austin Dillon even came through towards the very end. Yeah, Austin Dillon run in the back all race long, Cass, and and but when the moment counted, uh, Austin Dillon was up near the front. But that's not just the only topic that we've got to hit on, Taz Taylor. What we've also got to hit on is the fact that them Chevrolets were fast, and I'm not talking about the Hendrick Chevrolets, sir. I'm talking about the Earnhardt Children's Racing Motor uh, guys. I'm talking about the Austin Dillons and Tyler Reddicks of the world. I'm talking about Eric Jones. Eric Jones ran up from the entire race. Uh, It was so nice to see Eric Jones having the run that he had. And, uh, you know, the only question was this week was, where in the world were the Toyotas? They had overheating problems. Yeah, where was the Gibbs camp? Where was the Gibbs camp? Um, They were, like, I mean, other than Kyle Busch, who ended up uh, losing a tire and then costing himself, they were, like, way on left field. I was like, see you later. Where'd you guys go? You guys are going to come up? Like, Kyle Busch was up there to start, and then once he had his issues, it was game over. I didn't see anything of Toyotas after that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was um, you know, very odd to see. Now, I did listen to a Door Bumper Clear uh, this morning, and uh, Freddie Kraft uh, basically said, look, uh, you know, there was uh, there was some overheating issues, and of course, you know, Bubba Wallace got into Brett Keselowski, uh I think Bubba's Wallace, Bubba's uh, day was done early, but now, you know, Kyle Busch, who had been completely irrelevant through the whole day, I believe, still finished with a top ten finish, uh, which was a very surprising, uh, you know, considering the uh, the mess that uh, that he was in, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, but I guess probably what I want to talk about more than anything is the Hendrick uh, on Hendrick crime. Or should I say Hendrick on Hendrick cry me? Because that's what it kind of sounded like with our old buddy Chase Elliott over there. Yeah, he he struggled, but I'll give him credit. They did come back, for sure. Um, you can't really complain. And obviously we'll get to the part where um, him and 
Larson got into it, but I really don't think it was entirely – and I'm sorry, and I'll put it this way. I'll try to be as as mild as possible. But some of you Chase Elliott fans, oh, my God, need to chill out. I, I get in heat of the moment that you get ticked off when your driver gets taken out of the race, especially when they're battling for the lead. But you have to understand in certain circumstances that you can't just blame and go for blood and Larson. Like, holy Christmas. What, did Ted Larson Taylor, he's a the champion. Block? He's a champion at them like this. He, he, he could have took out his – I mean, he threw a block on his on the, his teammate who was leading the race. You know, I mean, look, I, I, you think, oh, you're, you're talking about Larson. No, I'm talking about Elliott when he was going to lap down. He threw shade to the to, to his teammate. And, and, and it's a shame that Chase Elliott would first think, oh, he tried to wreck me on purpose or he tried to put me in the wall on purpose or he tried to block me. I mean, you know, it's like – uh, what it sounds like is a lot of animosity building up uh, from the Chase Elliott uh, side to, to what Larson's had in the type of season that he had last year. It's definitely something that I believe is getting on on, on Chase Elliott's nerves, and, and he was quick to, you know, expect the worst or think that Larson did something uh, that, that that was uh, nefarious. Well, here's what here's what I I take out of this whole situation. First, I think he spun his car on purpose to bring out a caution. Second of all, um, oh, okay, hold on, I'm gonna pause. That. I don't mean to interrupt. Well, no, no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Second of all, Larson Spotter said he takes blame for it. Now, I listened to, I listened to a thing with Mr. Eight-time winner, Mr. Mr. Kyle Petty, who says that the. Um, there is no reason for the for the spotter to take blame. Ultimately, ultimately, Larson is in that seat, and that's all there is to it. He has some. He has a rearview mirror, and we all know things can change in an instant. But to the point, it's racing. If 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 the three of us are racing and we're racing for the checkered flag, at why not? I guarantee you that if you two are trying to take the win away from me, I'm going to do what I can to make sure that I get the checkered flag and not you. That is racing. Teammates, I feel, go out the window at the last with the last ten laps. That you know, if you can get to them, get to them. I mean, that's just that's the racer's mentality. And I think the problem with Chase and Larson is exactly what you said, Chris. Chase was the champion the year before. Larson comes back, wins 10 races last year, dominates the season. He won 30% of the races. Chase had not a stellar year, not a shitty year, but not a stellar year. And And his feelings are a little hurt. Cry me a river. It is what it is. It's racing. We're not so out there to make friends. It's a Hendrick on Hendrick cry me. I, you know, I listen to right. NASCAR radio today. I listen to Door Bumper Clear. Look, most people will decide that they need to chill out a little bit. 
He, you know, uh, yeah. basically, he, twice now he has he, he's he could have uh, changed the outcome of a race, and that's not uh, that that's that's just not what you do uh, in NASCAR. That's not the sportsmanship that that we're used to. Um, he can get his head out of his ass and uh, become a better teammate. Well, here, well, here's the thing: is like the blocking I knew was intentional, and this is where I'm going to disagree with Craig here on this, because I'm trying to watch um, the replay of where Chase spun um, to bring out the caution. I don't see his hands purposely intending for him to spin. <laughs> and this is where I would play a Stevie Wonder song, because even a blind man can see I mean, like, hands. I'm trying that his to hand like, is at 12 o'clock. And he knew he did. He had an issue, but he probably could have wrote it out. But I don't think that spin was intentional. But like, here's where I'm seeing uh, this: is like I, 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 Larson. I don't think Larson's there's a doubt blocked. in my mind that he spun on purpose. Because where I'm seeing it is as Larson's block was intentional, but the result that happened was not. I mean, I don't think he meant to put Chase into the wall and ruin his race. I don't think that was the imper- the intent at all. The intent was to block and kill the momentum to try to win the race in the closing laps. I mean, I get that. But the end result was where the fans went out, and I can understand in the moment if something were to happen to you like that. But you have to realize, I don't see it as Larson's intentions of blocking and putting Chase in the wall were fully there. Blocking, yes, and putting in the wall, no. However... Well, that wasn't Chase's fault. He went up high. Hold on. Where Chase was in a wrong, but I could see a little bit of retaliation was where he put the block on Larson just to slow him down. I get that in a sense. Okay, you had your retaliation. But the spin happened after the block. So, And I'm watching the camera on the replay. I don't really see any insane evidence of where Elliot really throws the wheel out and purposely intended to spin. Well, we, well, we could sit here and argue this for the next hour and 45 minutes. And we're not going to see the same. We're not going to see the same thing. Chase went high to take two for one instead of picking them off one at a time. He went up high. Where did he think they, these other cars were running? In, in the parking lot? They were running in the high groove all day for the most part. And they were running in the top lane. Coming out of there, he knew they were going high. Well, your spotter tells you you're clear. Clear, clear. Well... Kyle looks back, doesn't see anything, and he pinches him. Well, I'm sorry, Chase. Go cry to Daddy, and maybe the pool hall will post something negative again for you. Um, I don't know. I just think that Mr. H needs to sit these two down and have a serious parenting session with the two of them. And say, listen, this this stuff's not going to be tolerated. Uh, 
you guys are going to race clean, race hard, but race clean. That can be done. We're not in movie days of thunder where these cars can be fixed on a movie set. I mean, for the most part, they can be fixed in the pit because they can take a lot of damage. But uh, I, I just think Mr. H needs to sit these two down before Vegas and say, listen, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to handle it. And if it happens again, then there'll be serious repercussions. Maybe a $50,000 fine within the team. I think that might uh, that might hurt a little more than a $50,000 fine from NASCAR. That just goes into the prize fund at the end of the year. But. Yeah, I'm not sure NASCAR is ready to find their golden child. Uh, it, it, it is going to be hard to uh, prove that he's spun on purpose. Um, I think that there's a you know a lot of other variables there. I don't think that this feud is over with, but I do believe that the person in charge over at Hendrick Motorsports is the one who we seem to see that's in charge here lately, Jeff Gordon. He's the one guy I believe that can defuse the situation because he's been on both sides of the fence. He's been Jeff Gordon when Jimmy Johnson was getting on his nerves. And he's been Jeff Gordon when he was the new kid on the block, you know. So, um, you know, he's been on both sides of the of the spectrum. Of course, you know, so many times we forget how good Terry Labonte was in the years of Jeff Gordon's beginning career, right? Terry Labonte went out and won a championship. He also won, I think, a total of 13 races uh, with uh, with Hendrick Motorsports in, in his uh, career. And most of those were in the early part of his career at Hendrick Motorsports. So, you know, Jeff Gordon knows how to balance the act. And, and if anybody's got, um, you know, can, can bend an ear at the Hendrick Motorsports complex, it's going to be Jeff Gordon. I'm sure he's called and talked uh, to both drivers. Because the last thing that you want this feud to do is bowl over to a place like Las Vegas. Every, Mike Tyson says the best. Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And that's kind of what happened right there. I don't think Larson intentionally blocked him, but I do think that maybe if he did, then he was thinking, why in the world is Elliot trying to pass me on the outside when, when we can get around this one car together and then worry about uh, battling it out between each other? So, you know, um, I do see uh, a diffuser, but I'm not sure – uh, that this feud is over with. Now, you know, what was kind of thrown under the rug all weekend was Chase Elliott's got a new five-year contract uh, at Hendrick Motorsports. So he should not be – there should not be any less confident that, you know, he's the main wheel at Hendrick Motorsports uh, because, I, you know, I'm sure Larson has not uh, anted up on his contract yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that's – to, to see further down the road whether or not these two cats can stay in the same stable. As of today, right now, there's a nine camp and there's a five camp, and they just both happen to drive for Hendrick Motorsports. What was that, Chris? He says... He says that uh, there's a nine car and a five car. They both happen to drive for Hendrick. I agree with you, Chris. I think that, um, you know, Chase shouldn't feel so bad. His contract just got renewed for till I think, 2026, if I'm not mistaken. 27. Um, 
Okay. So he's good for another five years. Um, unless something drastic happens. But I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they'll get rid of the golden boy at Hendrick. So to shift gears, uh, you know, th- this was a good, this was a, an action-packed race. There's still issues with the wheels, guys. Uh, Christopher Bell went a total of six laps down for his incident where he could not get back to pit road. Um, there's not going to be an airliner on these on these tires, guys. The only way that I have found that NASCAR may can fix the problem is 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 uh, making these cars a little bit higher up off the ground. What are we going to do now when we have a spin and 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 drivers are going four, five, six laps down? Is this is this the direction that the sport needs to go to? I, for one, do not mind it at all because let me tell you something. Nothing's pissed me off worse over the years than a spin and win. In other words, a guy spinning out, getting the caution like he needs to go down, get four fresh stickers, come out there, and within 20 laps he's taking the lead and putting a wax on everybody. You know, we've seen a, if anybody, if you can name one driver, I know Taz can name his driver. He, we've seen so many times Jimmy Johnson do a spin and win. So, you know, if that eliminates that, I, I'm really – I'm not as disgruntled about it as what I think a lot of other people are. But I definitely want to know your thoughts and opinions on what you think we should do uh, with this with this situation with the tires going down and not being able to get back to pit road. Well, the thing is with that um, is when you do the – is when the tire goes down, depending on the situation, like say with Reddick, for example – he could actually wheel it because, I mean, he was on the track. He could actually wheel it and nurse it till he got into pit road. Unfortunately, Byron ended up getting looser. I don't know if he saw Reddick that high. I don't know what the deal was there and ended up getting into him. But where guys were having flat tires on the grass, mowed grass, I should say, and they can't even move to move when they're on the grass – any other time, now with these new cars and how the tires are, you can't even do that. Greg Moore? I agree. I agree that NASCAR needs to do something. I think they need – they said they're going to revisit the interliner issue. Uh, they should have an answer this week. If it's not the interliner, then they need to raise it up. They need to raise the they need to raise the car a little bit. Um, and I said that last week with being at Daytona. When we were at Daytona, I said the same exact thing. There was a lot of times that guys would get flat tires, and they'd get hooked and they'd get brought back to the pits. Well, not only that, at the smaller tracks, that's going to that lengthens the cautions for one. It lengthens it by a lap or two. Um, now, two, it takes them forever to unhook it in the pits, and then they got to jack it up. It's just put an interliner in this tire, give us the interliner back, so that way they can get to pit road. Yes, I agree with you. Mow grass. Excuse me, mowed grass, they were having a heck of a time getting back. Grass, period, they were having a heck of a time getting back, even on a pavement. 
And then how much damage is it doing to the undercarriage of the car? Um, to the frame. Not, not, not see, did you not see can't be, do, can't be doing much damage. Can't be doing much damage. <laughs> What's for the underneath of that car if it's a plastic Hot Wheel thing? <laughs> right. Well, I don't know if the entire oh, plastic okay. thing is plastic. Craig may have missed that one. Um, but, uh, you know, well, I, I, don't I can't think really hear both of you at the same time. On a small tire, uh, uh, you know, the one thing about this tire is it, it's not as thick as the other, uh, the old tire used to be on, and I'm just really not sure that uh, that an inner tire is going to work. But what I do know is that uh, Goodyear makes somewhere about $1.2 million uh, every race day with these teams and the amount of tires that they have to purchase. Uh, so, you know, when you're when you're feeding that kind of cash cow, uh, hopefully great minds come together and can get this one figured out. Because I'm not sure if this is a NASCAR problem as much as it is a Goodyear problem. And it could be a Goodyear problem. You, you could be absolutely correct. You know, and what does Goodyear have to do in order to fix it? And did they think about this during the off-season? Um, Funny that you when they were designing this new practices, and this has happened every ten laps in practice, uh, they had they were well aware that this could be a situation in race mode. Right, and I understand that. What I'm saying is, why haven't they? And I mean, you can't answer this. Nobody can except for Goodyear. Why don't why didn't they have a fallback plan already in place? Hey, these cars with the ride height, when they lose a tire, they're going to be sitting on the ground. You would think that, like you said, with the amount of money that these teams pay NASCAR every weekend, I mean, they pay them on a yearly basis, I'm sure, uh, well, they should have been able to come up with a game plan. <laughs> Tires are paid for at each individual race. Um, you know, this is this is something that, like you said, Craig, can be correlated between uh, NASCAR and uh, and uh, Goodyear. Um, there is no ride height. Uh, maybe NASCAR needs to relook at that and until the situation because because it is the, the tire. I mean, the car slammed on the ground. That's why it can't move. Uh, I believe somebody said maybe turf could be an answer. I believe that we had turf at Daytona, uh, so no turf. Turf is just as bad. As a matter of fact, did did we not see Ross Chastain or somebody this week get stuck up on the uh, on the butter? Uh, that, that that was uh, um, uh, got stuck right there on the edge of the track. He was trying to come back on. Um, I believe that was Ross Chastain. Who was it? Yeah, the apron. Yeah, the apron. Yeah. Yeah. We call it All right, so I guess in NASCAR heat, but you know. That was a glitch. Now it's real life. Yeah, exactly. It's funny how that works. Um all right, so we're coming up on eight thirty, stat of the day in black flag news. Uh let's start with stat of the day. Um I'm trying to scroll up to find it. 30. Oh, I got it. 32 lead changes 
nine different teams in the top ten. Beating, banging, next gen is here. That was from yeah. Auto Club yeah. this weekend. And that was exactly it. I mean, the lead changes were the lead changes were phenomenal. Um, I don't remember how many cautions there were. I mean, the the max the the record was twelve. Was there thirteen? Did we hit the thirteen mark? Yeah, I don't remember. But the one caution that didn't need to be thrown out was the stupid comp, the, the comp, twenty lap uh, race competition caution because they had practice and qualifying. Well, that's another thing I want to bring up, and that's what I got for Black Flag news, actually. Um, my Black Flag, for me, the Black Flag is the 15 minutes of practice. I have to agree, and I won't do this very often, but I have to agree with Kyle Bush what he said at the end of practice last week and the end of qualifying, was you give us 15 minutes of practice and then we can't touch the car. What are we learning in 15 minutes? We're wasting more gas and burning up tires for what? And if you're not going to, and I knew it wasn't, I knew, I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't going to take long for Kyle Bush to get on the bitch wagon um, and, and complain about something. I honestly thought it would happen sooner than this. I thought it would happen like at Daytona. Um, but I, I almost want to. I got to agree with them. I think it's pointless. I think, you know, at least a half hour. And Didn't then you can be an hour. Practice used to be an hour. Yes. They're doing it, I believe, to save, save more money. Yeah, and Craig, I, I mean, I'm for the fifteen minute session i know that we want a little bit more tv time as i've said in the past with uh with the way that we've done it the last two years i've had a lot more time to do other things besides get caught in front of the tv uh as i'm as i feel obligated to have to watch every bit of practice every bit of qualifying and so on and so forth uh the 15 minute of practice i believe is just well enough to uh make sure that there's nothing loose on the race car and that you've had it dialed in these races are not going to be won, guys, at the racetrack. They're going to be won at the shop. And I think that this has been going on for a long time. Uh, cars will get over-engineered in, in time. Uh, it's no reason in, in, in uh, quickening that process, guys. Uh, Taz, what, what are your comments on Craig Play Play? Um, the, the practice deal... I actually agree with Kyle Bush. I feel like 15 minutes is too short. But um, the thing with – I think that it should be anywhere between half an hour to an hour, no more than an hour, in my personal opinion. I feel like if you go over that hour, now you're giving uh, teams way too much of an opportunity to try to, uh, I guess – I don't really want to say cheat, but I guess you can. I guess you can say that try to cheat their way to, you know, get a better position and whatnot. But I would no, let them do that, that shit during the race. But I would believe the fact that um, you should at least make you should at least make adjustments from practice to qualifying, but limit your adjustments. Like say you can only touch. 
A, B, and C. If you do anything outside of those three uh, adjustments, then you should be penalized or not get a qualifying run. That's how I see it. Chris? Yeah, uh, I mean, um, I don't have anything to follow up with what Daz has. I, I'm, I'm ready to spit out my black flag views. I mean, I, I'm black flag over NASCAR. Deadly telling us for the last year, if you modify this car, you will be penalized. If you modify this car, you will be penalized. Well, first race of the season, what happens? Guys go in, they modify something, and what does NASCAR do? They turn, they say, hey, it's okay. But then they penalize two other drivers for an infraction that could have possibly been caused because this because uh, they weren't allowed to do uh, modifications to the car. So and on one hand, they let Penske off the hook, and on another hand, they penalize people, uh, teams, and we'll go with the Floyd Mayweather team and I believe the Justin Haley team of colleague Grayson, they were both penalized for infractions with a loose wheel. Now, it just I just don't see how you let one off the hook and you penalize uh, the other two. So, you know, uh, that, that, that's going to be my black flag there. NASCAR, you've got to stay consistent. I do understand that it was a safety issue, and Penske was uh, in the right for the modifications, but, but NASCAR, you can't sit there and tell us all year long for a whole year, look, we're going to penalize, do not touch this car, do not touch this car, do not make modifications on this car, and the first race of the season, we're already doing that with no penalty. If it was a Hendrick, if this was a Hendrick Motorsports deal, the whole NASCAR nation would come unglued uh, because Hendrick is getting away with murder. Pinsky got away with murder, and it's basically not a thing being said. I'm all for, like I said last week, guys, Pinsky probably knows more about a one lug nut wheel than anybody in racing because of the types of racing that he's involved in. But I still think that NASCAR was wrong for penalizing two drivers, two teams, while letting two other teams go freely with no with no implication. Well. Let's change that two to a three because I have a black flag and then I have a news breaking thing. Well, not really breaking news type deal, but still news related. Um, my black flag comes from NASCAR and we're going to move two teams penalized to three teams penalized because after this weekend, the 38 team is now losing their crew chief for four races. And I believe um, two two crew members will be suspended for two somewhere between two to four races. Uh, Front Row Motorsports crew chief Seth Barber and crew members Jordan Osinski, the Jackman, and Tanner Andrews, the front tire changer, will be issued a four-race suspension um, for losing a wheel during last weekend's Cup Series event at Auto Club. Gilliland drove the 38 to a 20th place finish in Sunday's race, but his car lost the wheel during a caution period for the stage one break. The Bob Jenkins owned team was cited under sections 10.5.2.6 of the NASCAR rulebook, which covers loss or separation of an improperly installed tire slash wheel from the vehicle. 
team did not immediately announce whether it would appeal the penalty or would potentially replace Barber, who has been a crew chief for Front Row Motorsports Cup uh, Cup operation since the middle of 2017. But I do remember to tag on to Chris with Colleg and the money team. Uh, Colleg, I think they went to go appeal for the penalty, and I don't know if I if a uh, report was out for if um, things favored Colleg or things favored against them. But I know the money team did not appeal, and I think they're going to face the penalty regardless. I don't think the money team may come back after the Daytona 500, but I'd be surprised if they did. But as for news... Uh, SRX has announced a handful of drivers for the 2022 season that featuring um, the returning drivers full-time from last year, Paul Tracy, Marco Andretti, Bobby Labonte, and Michael Waltrip. Uh, Those guys ran full-time last year will once again drive full-time this year um greg biffle who ran part-time last year will now step up into a full-time role new drivers this year for full-time that did not race at all last year are ryan hunter rie and ryan newman those two will go full-time srx racing this year Tony Kanan is back with SRX. He'll race five out of the six races. The one race he's missing will be Stafford. Um, Helio Castroneves is back, but instead of a full-time, he's now down to a part-time schedule. He'll run South Boston, Stafford, and Nashville. Um, Ernie Francis Jr. is back with SRX for two races, That'll be at Five Flags for the opener in South Boston. And then um, Joseph Newgarden will only do one race, and that will be at his home track of Nashville Fairgrounds. Other driver uh, announcements will be coming out later in the week or weeks, I should say. Um, There has been talks of trying to... um, of SRX wanting to get uh, Robert Wickens if they can adjust the car to Wickens' style. Any hot takes from Sorry. Chris or Craig for on anything yeah. I've mentioned in the I last myself, five minutes? I had myself I had myself on mute. You said they have to get the car to his style. Define getting the car to a driver's style for those that are listening and so, may not understand what the hell you're talking about. So Robert Wickens, I think it was a couple of years ago, suffered and well, got involved in a crash, I believe it was, and he was severely injured, and he went on this road of recovery. Essentially, he's paralyzed um, from, I believe, the waist down or something like that. And what IMSA did this year for the 24-hour uh, Daytona race um, whatever the team that got Wickens into that race, um, they 
essentially set him up to where he could drive the car from the steering wheel pretty much. Um, I have to find a video and post it on uh, on the Race Chat Live page and such. But essentially, literally everything is from the steering wheel. The, the accelerator, the uh, gift sheet, or the shifting gears, to the brakes, to pretty much everything was at the control of his hands through the steering wheel. Um, and SRX wants to try and see if they could do that for him if Robert Wickens were to at least do one race with the series. Um, I guess my question is, I probably should Google this guy, but what is it about him that they're going to modify an entire car? I mean, obviously he's, he's handicapped or he's physically challenged, I guess is the word everybody uses today, but I'm guessing this isn't an advantage for him race-wise, correct? No, it's not going to – essentially, they're eliminating the foot accelerator and brake to where everything will be in control of his hands. I mean, everything else will be the same. It's just essentially how he's going to con- how he's going to control the car is the only thing that will be different. They're obviously going to keep the engine power, everything else the same, just like the other 11. They've – talked about having a possible 13th car for this year if they were to run a 13th car, but we're going to say for the other 11, but essentially Robert Wickens, if he were to race in a one-off for SRX this year, the only difference that he will have versus everybody else is basically how he's going to control the car. Instead of with his feet, it's going to be with his hands. Now here comes my next question, and I'm 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 not deterring this from happening because it's not doesn't matter what I think. But does he drive a car every day? Not a race car, a regular car. Is he able I, to drive a car? I would believe so. I wouldn't see why not. Well, the only reason I'm asking is because if not, then this would be a little bit different. But. I think it's cool they're doing it. Um, you know, it's definitely – imagine, just imagine. I can only imagine. I mean, I know that's a song, but I can only imagine he wins the race that he's in. Every one of these freaking drivers is going to want their hands and foot controls up top on the steering wheel. Um, I can I can just see it now. I can, I can just see it. Um, moving on from SRX, Chris, I know, is getting in the house because they just came back from arch, an archery tournament. The Onion is uh, going to be racing this weekend. That's right. Todd Bodine from Chamonga, New York, is going to be back behind the wheel. Um, I believe it's his 800th, 800th start uh, in, the, in the Camping World Truck Series. The last time he raced was like in 2012 or 2013. So um, I'm sure he's going to be everybody's sentimental pick. Um, I'm sure he's also done his fair share of practicing over the last six months. This wasn't a decision I'm sure he made last week and goes, hey, 
I want to get in a truck. So it should no, be interesting. Him, just to... him and Stuart Friesen have been on this for a little while because uh, Friesen announced that he was running part-time with him. Right. So that's just that's just it. I mean, I'm sure that he wouldn't be getting back in the truck just to be like they used to be back in the early 2000s as it also ran. But, yeah, let's talk about the short track Super Series for the next 10 minutes until our guest comes in at the top of the hour. Yes, All it right. would, Miss Lee. Yes, it would. <laughs> All right, so... This past weekend at Cherokee Speedway, the place Mama warned you about, the Short Track Super Series launched its first ever Elite Series uh, race, uh, first of six races. They'll be running all throughout the 2022 calendar year. The first one was ran at Cherokee Speedway. And, of course, there were about 50 to six, anywhere between 55 to almost 65 cars for the entire weekend, modified, I should say. Um, They were trying to go for 30 spots. And, well, I hope you all are feeling elite because we're going to have an elite highlight reel tonight. For the first time in 20... elite? Elite. Not like Tony Khan elite, like Stuart Friesen elite? Like, Stuart Friesen Elite. We'll go with that. Okay. But go for ahead. the first time, for the first time in Race Chat Live, uh, I guess we could say history, and the first time in uh, 2022 Race Chat Live season, we're going to have an elite highlight reel. So here we go. Green Flag is out with H.J. Bunning and Bobby Hackle leading them the field to the charge. And it turns one and two. The Quiet Riot leads the field, and everybody's scrambling for position early on as they head down the back straightaway for the first time of the 50-lap Rebel 50 feature. And it's the Quiet Riot, H.J. Bunning leading lap number one, followed by the Hack Attack, Bobby Hackle, and Lightning Larry White rounding out the top three. Move ahead to lap 18 as Matt Shepard is trying to find a way around the inside line that everybody's been taking for the first number of laps. Shepard goes a groove higher. He gets around Ryan. Go down off turn number four. He'll grab a spot there. Go down's now going to shuffle up to Shepard's tire tracks. As Shepard's going to work around Ryan Watt going into turn number three. Shepard gets by Watt with these. Here comes go down Ryan in his tire tracks. And his next target is going to be Maresca going into turns one and two. Maresca's sensing the high side to kick in as he throws the block on Shepard. Shepard's trying to go down to the inside this time as we move ahead to lap number 21. Is Maresca to the outside looking to get around Bobby Hackle. He gets away up high, and that lets Shepard one other car to get by. That other car is Lightning Larry White. Here comes go down to the inside of Maresco going into turn number two. Down the back straightaway. Larry White looking to get around Bobby Hackle for second. Charging on the outside off turn number four. And Hackle and Larry White will drag race down the front straightaway. Hackle gets it by a nose through the line. Off turn number two. Larry White moves up to second. Hackle back to third. Shepard fourth. Maresca rounding out the top five. Shepard on the outside looking for third. 
move ahead at halfway into the feature. Side by side in turns three and four. HG bunning on the bottom. Larry way on the top side. HG shuts the door on Larry. And Larry's going to try again, but yellow comes out for Andy Bacchetti slow in turn number three as we head back to the restart. And it's Larry White on the inside, H.J. Bunny on the outside, side by side. Larry White jumps to the lead, going to the turns one and two. Ring goes Rocket Ryan, go down, moves up to second. H.J. Bunny washed up the track, loses a number of spots. Larry White leads the field in the turns three and four, go down, up to second, Shepard up to third. As Larry White will lead lap number 28, 28 laps into this 50-lap feature. Larry White trying to get away from the ring goes Rocket. Ryan, go down. Shepard's battling out with H.J. Bunning as H.J. has worked his way up through the field. H.J. holds third, Shepard fourth. Now move ahead to 12 laps to go. It is Ryan Godown and Larry White battling for the lead. Go down to the inside. White on the outside. White will lose the lead off turn number four. Give the race lead to Ryan Godown. But Larry White's going to sit to the inside of turns one and two. They've beaten Bang off corner number two down the back straightaway. Ringo's Rocket. Ryan Godon still holds the lead over Larry White. Matt Shepard watching from spot number three as they come down the front straightaway with 11 laps to go. Godon trying to hang on as he is trying to get away from Lightning Larry. He'll do so by about three or four car lengths as they go on to turn number three. We got one car slowing in turn number three. That's Darren Smith. He'll bring out the yellow. Ten laps to go this time on the restart. Godon and Larry White lead the field. Stuart Friesen and Shepard right behind them. Billy Pouch Jr. looking to get fifth around H.J. Bunny in turn number two. Side by side amongst the top two. Larry White in the outside. Ryan go down on the inside. Larry White trying to squeeze his way on the outside. And there's still door to door in the turns one and two. Larry White up to the cushion this time. Trying to make something work. Go down. Holds him off down the back straightaway on the inside. Go down. Trying to hold off Larry White. Larry White giving him all that it's worth. And Godown finally shuts the door on Larry White, who's removed ahead to three laps to go. Parallel six in the air this time. Two to go. Ryan Godown in the turns one and two. Down the back straightaway gets away from Larry White as he tries to go into turn number three all by himself. Shepard and Stuart Friesen battle side by side, but the yellow comes out. And we have cars in trouble. Perego with a right, Perego and Shepard with right rear flats. Stuart Friesen breaks a shock in the rear, and that'll send for a two-lap shootout. Single file racing on the restart here. It is Ryan Godown leading Larry White and Billy Pouch Jr. into turns one and two. Jimmy Horton cracks into the top five now as he goes into turn number three on the outside of Moresco looking for fourth. White flag is out. Ryan Godown pulls away by about five car lengths over Larry White. Looking to become an elite series winner for the final time. Back straight away in the turn three and four. The place Mama warned you about elite series win will go to the Ringo's Rocket. Ryan go down. Second will go to Larry White, Billy Pouch Jr. for third. And that is your podium finish at Cherokee Speedway. So Ryan go down. Pockets in $25,000 from Cherokee Speedway, Saturday night. Good job, I like Blake. it, guys. I like it. I like it. So here, I got a question for you both. 
and I want to get your I want to get your opinions on it. We have the SRX, who is promoted by none other than Tony Stewart and Ray Abraham, but Tony Stewart uh, is the driving force behind it. No pun intended. And then we have the STS Elite Series, and the driving force behind that is Stuart Friesen. Am I correct? Brett Dale's a promoter. Helmar just uh, sponsors the Elite Series. Okay. And we all know that Friesen owns Helmar Friesen Racing. So here's my question. Should the title sponsor or promoter race their main driver as the sponsor or the promoter himself run in his series if he's got top quality talent to carry ticket sales. I'm not saying that they can't run a race, but they shouldn't run it. I don't personally think they should run it every week, every, every stop. Um, Give the opportunity to, and I know the SRX gives it local guy. Give it to two. Give it to two. Give it to two of your top drivers in in that local market. I just I'm interested to know your thoughts. For if it's a, if it's a series deal like Stuart Friesen running series, he's going to be running against the best of the best. So I wouldn't be fully against that. Where if Stuart Friesen or Tony Stewart were to run, say, their weekly non-series stuff, um, I and you can't really say Stuart can't run SRX because SRX is really more equal. So Tony Stewart doesn't really have an equipment advantage per se, really. But if you're saying like Tony Stewart run his sprint car series. I would say that's fine. I mean, you're running gets the best of the best. But if he's running on, say, a regular weekly night at a local track and he's got top-notch equipment, whereas the next guy in line probably has half of, uh, half as good of equipment or half the money that he does, but nearly as good of equipment, then, you know, I would be against it. Uh, no, I was just curious. Chris, what, what say you? Well, you know, I mean, I did have issues with Tony uh, leading his series last year. Of course, who's the points winner? Um, you know, it's uh, – the SRX is supposed to be for entertainment value. Uh, the uh, Short Track Super Series is, uh, is, you know, competitive racing. I think that they're two different uh, – two, two different – you know, I've got two different answers. I, I'm, I'm okay with it with Stuart Freeze. I'm not okay with it with Stuart with uh, Tony Stewart. Um, you know, it's the fact of it is, is this series was created, uh, and the cars were built by Everett Ham. Uh, you know, uh, a combination of Everett Ham and uh, collaboration, I should say, and Tony Stewart. Hey, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of was just torn off last season that uh, because look, here's the thing. All right, and I'll try not to sound like Joe Biden. He, if if I knew that I was racing against Tony, all I would basically say is, hey, let me be able to drive your car. 
You know, let me get behind your car. If you win next week, let me get in your car and see if I can win in it. You know what I mean? So that way, uh, that way we know that uh, you know there's not any extra crew cheating going on with one certain car versus another. Because if you guys don't think this, uh, there's some way Tony couldn't cheat in his own series. Y'all are crazy. I'm not saying he would. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but now as for the freezing, you know that that's a that's a sponsor uh, that's behind the series. And it takes a lot of bucks for them to come down uh, to the southern region. And, um, and, you know, it's not been profitable yet, I don't believe. Um, so they need some financial backing. And and being where uh, Halmar is and, and with Friesen, uh, that, I think that's a good fit. So I'm by no means uh, going to sit there and be critical that uh, that Stewart uh, races full-time with the with – the, uh, Short track super series. No, and I, I definitely, uh, I, I see where your point is at on that, and I respect that. That's why, I, that's why I put the question out there because I wanted, I wanted uh, different perspectives on it, and I, and I like the fact how you're uh, on, uh, on the two of them you feel different. So I, I think that's cool. All right. So we apparently are, I guess we got the guest. Yeah, we're waiting at this point in time. Uh, but we haven't got Pete in the studio yet. Let me reach out to him real quick. But, yeah, Craig, I'm going to add on to you. Like I said, SRX, I mean, I know Chris said Tony – is kind of part of the series and he can find a way to win in that but Stuart doesn't play in any part of the equipment factor with SRX the only factor Stuart plays in besides his name and getting money and being part promoter is that Stuart tries to help recruit drivers for the series so in terms of equipment try to rig it for him to win I don't really see it that way other than maybe driver talent, but I mean, you have 12 equal cars. I don't really see how you can rig. Sprint cars, understandable. I mean, I feel like that should be the opposite. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, they've rigged in NASCAR, so if you can rig in NASCAR, you can rig in any series. Well, because, well, Stuart has mentioned in an interview, because they asked him why wasn't Stuart the test driver for SRX, and he said, I don't want an, I don't want an advantage over the other drivers. That's not fair. I want the same advantage as the drivers do. So when they get to practice, that's when I want to practice. Keep it going, guys. So I don't see where he could rig any of any part of that. Guys, I want to take a minute and uh, talk about uh, where you can find the podcast at. And if you're listening live, 
we try to get the guests in? So while we're trying to get our guest in, um, hopefully he comes on. Uh, you can listen to us you know, on Blog Talk Radio after we go live, if you want. Or you can also check out Spotify through the 110 Nation Sports Cast, Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcast needs. We're on there. Yeah, we got the Spotify thing fixed. It was odd that we weren't on there for a while, but we're back on. Well, part of the reason we weren't on is because we didn't have a show all winter. So that might have been one of the reasons why Spotify took it off, because there wasn't content being posted. I mean, that's my guess. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the driver announcements for SRX? I mean, I, I, I like the fact that Ryan, Flying Ryan, is going to uh, at least get a shot to race this year at least six times. Um you know, not for nothing, but I hope he can fit in those cars. Um, can't be can't be any worse than Michael Waltrip. Oh, true. And oh, oh yeah. Speaking of old MW, when we were at Daytona, he walked by us um, twice going to the Luke Combs stage. And I'm going to tell you what, that man was tall. I mean, he is a tall dude, and uh, super friendly. Uh, he, he was saying hi to people, even though he was trying to, you know, get over to the grid and do his get ready for his grid walk and, and things like that. But he was super friendly. I'm working on posting those pictures uh, to the Race Chat Live page as well. I should have them posted probably by the weekend. There's just a lot of them to go through. There's probably over 800 photos that were taken. So I, I only want to post the best of the best. I did get one of the flagger in the flag stand. Uh, and if you don't think that sucker is high, go to a NASCAR race and look up from the bottom. That sucker is pretty high up there. So it's a nice vantage point from down below. Do we have the guest in the studio yet? That is a negative guest rider. All right. All right. So while we're waiting on the guest, um, what can we talk about? I mean, uh, Uncle Joe, I guess, right. is... is so, uh, so since we've been uh, talking about Tony Stewart with SRX, we announced a driver lineup. And Craig said he was... Inter- he, was uh, he was happy Rocket... Rocket Man, Ryan Newman's uh, racing. Um, obviously, I mentioned good old Michael. SRX is going to four new tracks and returning to two. Stafford and Nashville are the two they're returning to. This year, the new tracks are um, I-55 and Sharon Speedway. Those are the two dirt tracks. Those two tracks actually end the season. And then the two new tracks are Five Flags and South Boston. Um, Five Flags in Florida, South Boston, I believe, is in Virginia, if I'm not wrong. 
Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because that's where the buttons are from. Now, is there any well, particular buddy. any particular tracks y'all got in mind that may excelled from last year's expectation last year's excitement? Obviously, Slinger not being on there. Um, Eldor is not on there, but we still have a dirt track in Ohio, not too far from Eldora, though. Well, you said about Stafford uh, is back is on there this year again, right? That's right, where the season opened up last year. Right, and now it's what, like the fourth race of the season? Uh, third, actually, because they go to Nashville before they hit the dirt. Okay. So, I mean, I know there's one in North Florida, too, and I think. I don't remember the date on that one. Uh, might try to get up there for that. I don't. Um, I don't know. Uh, it is on June 18th in Pensacola. Yes, the season starts at Pensacola this year. It's Pensacola Top Black Speedway, which is probably be about four hours north of you there, Craig Moore. Yeah, which is not a big deal because Daytona's three and a half hours, so two and a half hours. I so think. Not a oh, speaking of Five Flags, um, I don't mean to interrupt, but Five Flags Speedway did announce um, something special to get their local all-star into the SRX field. Um, see if I can pull it up quick. It, um, at Pensacola, they have twin features on. Uh, there it is. The. There is a twin feature night for the super late models um, on April 8th through 9th with a Blizzard Series doubleheader at Five Flags Speedway. The weekend will now even be more enticing with a chance to compete in the SRX season opener on the line. The Pepper Jack Kennel Twins take place April 8th through 9th, a pair of 100-lap super late model features to kick off the Deep South Crane Blizzard Series. The driver who posts the best average finish between these two races will earn a spot in the field when SRX visits Pensacola, Florida on June 18th. SRX, or Stafford's doing something similar to that where the winner of the uh, Napa Auto Parts Spring Sizzler, the winner of that will get to field an SRX car and represent as the local all-star um, for the Stafford SRX race. Now, well, that's, that's... now, I want your guys' take, because I don't think we actually hit upon on this. Last year, minus the Slinger and Nashville races, last year SRX announced their local driver all-star lineup. The only one they didn't they didn't announce um, Nashville because Nashville didn't have a local all-star, really. And Slinger, they did the Slinger Nationals, whereas the, wing, the winner of the Slinger Nationals got to field the SRX car as their local all-star. Now it's Stafford doing um, something with the Spring Sizzler and – now Five Flags doing something special with their twin races, and SRX hasn't announced um, any other local driver lineups. 
do you think the series should let the local tracks do big races, like what Five Flags, uh, Slinger, and Stafford are doing to get their local all-star? Or do you think um, they should just announce the local drivers and not do anything big for the races? What are your, what are your guys' thoughts? How do you feel about them? I think you personally, I think you should announce them. It gives it, uh, it gives the fans something to look forward to. It might help. <laughs> it might help with ticket sales. Um, I'll just use this as an example. And Kaz, you can you can uh, chime in on this. I mean, Chris can too. But let's say the SRX series came to Fonda. Let's use Fonda as an example. Who's the one driver you would put in an XRX car in Fonda? Ronnie Johnson. I would put Rocky Warner. Yeah, I'd put Ronnie Johnson, Rocky Warner. Uh, somebody like that. <clears throat> if nothing else, to boost to boost the ticket sales. Uh, to boost the gate. Um, it's going to boost the gate anyway, having SRX there for the weekend. But if the guy, if people know who the driver is, they can uh, they can possibly get a jump start on merch sales. And we all know for local dirt track drivers, merch sales are, you know, who doesn't like to see their who doesn't like to see their uh, their race car on somebody's back on in a store. I mean, that's why they do it. Chris? Yeah, uh, you know, first of all, to go back a minute, I'm disappointed that uh, SRX Series did not bring back Slinger. I think Slinger was one of the best uh, races there. Uh, and if you broaden the spectrum and it kind of opens things up, I do want to see uh, racing return to places. I, I believe South Boston is being that, – that that's on the schedule this year, right, Taz? South Boston? We need to get better at this. Yeah, anyway, Orange County Speedway definitely needs to be one of those that are that are added to that Bakersfield over in uh, Southern California. Those are two tracks that I know. Irwindale. That have, yeah, Irwindale, not Bakersfield. Irwindale, that's exactly right, buddy. Thank you for the correction there, sir. Uh, I'm shooting off the hip here. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like our guest is going to be calling in, so uh, we are kind of trying to make it uh, a fill this segment here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we don't have our stats in front of us. But well, I, I, the, I believe South Boston may be on the schedule this year, Taz. You should is. know those. Okay, so that, that that's a that's a big-time move right there. Um, I don't know if, if South Boston can replace a place like Slinger. Uh, but you are you are netted in the roots. Uh, and Hickory Speedway, of course. Hickory Speedway uh, is another one of those racetracks, the golden gems of late model racing. Well, uh, if I were SRX, personally, they should hit up Caraway Speedway and Cherokee Speedway. And the reason why I say that is because that's where they tested the SRX cars before they let them go for, for an entire season. Ken Schrader and... Uh, David Stremme, and I don't remember who else tested the SRX car. I believe one, I believe a local guy tested for Cherokee, but I could be wrong. 
Um, but those guys, or not those guys, those tracks should have an SRXT. I mean, it's kind of disappointing that they didn't. So there has to be a reason why they didn't well, give You know, I, I wonder what the reasoning is behind it. Um, is it financial? Because obviously the cars can the handle track. the track or the track can handle the cars. It, it's six races. And, and I'm not – I'm surprised that there has not been a road course thrown uh, into this series yet. Uh, you know, maybe – Maybe that's not something in the plans. I, after the interview with Ernie Elliott Jr., that's uh, not Ernie, Ernie Francis Jr. Taz, you listened to the whole uh, show there. He, he mentioned something about that he had uh, told these guys that he wanted to be a part of it. Uh, and, and, you know, basically Abraham was like, look, if I do this, we're going to, you know, have some road course racing in it. So I don't know if that was a kind of a, a, a peek into the future. I think- that we will get a I think road they, course race out of this? I think they're going to – I think they want to add a road course race, but I think the problem with road courses, though, is that you probably have to think of um, dates that not only SRX is looking at, but what dates do these road courses have filled? I mean, yeah, you got, yeah, you got your uh, Circuit of the Americas, Road America – um, Watkins Glen, obviously. More like Barber Motorsports oh, Park or the or the uh, maybe even Road America or something like that. I think some of these bigger mainstream uh, uh, racetracks would not be the place to go. More more or less like Nola. Uh, Nola has a great road course down. Uh, it's it's not been taken care of over the last few years because of bad management, but. Uh, they have a magnificent facility down there. Um, you know, Barber Motorsports Park, who where Indy cars race at a few times. They they have weekly shows there as well. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that they want to go to to these mainstream places. But guys, if we're going to go there, then we might as well put these cars at Talladega because I want to see what they can really do. They probably won't even handle Talladega. If you want to bring them to Talladega, put them on the Talladega short track. Well, I mean, I get Chris's point. If you want to see what they're going to do, put them on a big track and let's see. Let's see them go. Miss Lee just said Mid Ohio. So, you know, Miss Lee chimed in with Mid Ohio. So we'd have to. But you also have to think. You also have to think with road courses too. How does the SRX format play into road courses that won't drag on the race? You know what I mean? What do you, well, well, because these are these are within an hour, a thirty forty five minute uh, race segment that's supposed to fill in. You know, it's supposed to fill in that 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 time frame. Uh, I thought, to be honest with you guys, that we would see more dirt tracks. Honestly. Um, you know, both the, the last two races of the SRX series is going to be dirt track racing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I I was hoping to see kind of a half and half. I think there's a lot more dirt yeah. tracks out there that you could uh, – that are, that are more um, part – you know, that, that could fix, fit into what Tony Stewart has going with the SRX series, kind of 
you know, uh, anytime Tony Stewart shows up anywhere, he packs grandstand. I can I can attest to that for what he's done for Hattiesburg Speedway. Um, you know, they, they, they line up all the way down uh, the highway when Tony shows up. So, um, but, you know, you know, hey, I'm not going to critique it because, I, 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 you know, I got my own opinions, but SRX is definitely not broke. Uh, they they were they they had one of the most exciting racing series last year, uh, you know. And, and being that it was the inaugural season, I can only hope that this year is going to be even better. Well, I would I would say that you know you get the first season butterflies out of the way, first season mistakes out of the way, and then after that, you learn from them and you progress. And, and I know that from experience as far as putting. Uh, karaoke contest together. The first one I put together was, it was all right, but it wasn't a huge success. The second, third, and fourth one, it just kept gaining from it. So, I mean, the more you do it, the more you do something, the better off, the better off you are at it. Um, if we're done with SRX before the bottom of the hour, because we got about 11 minutes left, I wanted to touch on some NHRA news. Um, speaking of Tony Stewart. It's a good segue into his uh, his new bride, Leah Pruitt. She has started off really slow this season. Um, she sits a disappointing 12th in the NHRA top fuel standings, and her teammate, Matt Hagen, is second in funny car points. He's having a decent year. Uh, so far, it's 0 for 2 in both NHRA top fuel and funny car for Team Stewart. Uh, Tony Stewart, defending funny car champion Hagen's plan is to put your pom-poms on, and that's what he says, and he's going to cheer the crew on. Uh, top fuels, Leah Pruitt and funny car Matt Hagen are passionate racers, and they're throwing all they have to get getting newly established Tony Stewart racing its first victory in the NHR Camping World uh, Drag Racing Series. They, he lost in the final round to somebody who beat him the week before in the opening round. And she's just, she's not doing at all what she needs to be doing, uh, according to her. So she's going to step away from, I guess, the office side of it and um, of Tony Stewart racing and dig her nails in and hopefully turn her season around. I mean, it's, it's not a super long season to start with, so her going 0 for 2 is is not really good. Um, I think that uh, they need to do they'll you know they got to get their they got to put their noses to the grindstone. Neither one of them are used to losing, um, so he's second. Hagen's 39. He's 2nd in points. Through the first two races, Pruitt is, like I said, 0 for 2. Um, I think I'm wanting more of it than I ever have, she's saying. That's Pruitt saying about being successful, about a popular title. Um, so I'm just curious to know your thoughts on that. And, Chris, you just said something we're up against. Something. Oh yeah, we're up against the State of the Union, so we got to be more exciting than Sleepy Joe for crying out Christmas. <laughs> um, I mean, 
I don't know really a whole lot of NHRA. I'm kind of uh, kind of one of those in the background type deals, but um, does, does John does John Force or his daughters even still drag race? Oh yeah, John Force I don't believe does, but his daughters do. So. Are they even in any good as him? John, John yeah, they're, they're, they're... Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even know anything about drag racing, but I do know John Ford's is still kicking. Oh, yeah, no, he's still kicking. I didn't even know if he's still racing. In the NHRA, I believe he finished second this past weekend at the Gator Nationals, maybe. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. It was just, I pulled up the NHRA news and actually Lee approved was the first thing that popped up. And I thought, oh, well, we're talking about SRX, so we might as well just uh, pipe in about Tony Stewart's bride. She becomes the Danica Patrick of drag racing? Well, (laughs) I don't know. Did Danica Danica sleep with Tony, too? Well, no. I mean, she may have. In the in the racing team aspect, though. Yeah, no, no. She, I don't know if, uh, I don't, I don't really know if she is or not. Let's, uh, so let's move on to toasted tweets. I believe uh, Chris posted a few. Um. So, Chris, if you want to read them, go ahead, and then we'll post them on the Race Chat Live page. Chris? Um, yeah, I was, uh, okay, so I was just sending those, getting them ready for the stage, but if that's uh, what we want to do, we, are we cutting NHRA news off already? Uh, we do have some IndyCar news, I guess we could we could get into. Well, so I won an IndyCar news last weekend in St. Petersburg, I believe. Uh, I believe I don't know who the hell won it, uh, but uh, we'll have that news here. So the first time winner. Uh, so yeah, the first time winner from what I heard. I what, what, who, who was it? I forget. <laughs> I did not even know that freaking IndyCar was on. I had no idea. Like, nobody told me that the, the IndyCar season was starting. It's it was, racing, uh, dude. Scott, it was, uh, I believe his first name is Scott, but McLaughlin, first-time IndyCar winner. Okay, Peterburg. so this is McLaughlin from Australia, if I'm not mistaken, right? This is... This is a Penske protege that he's brought from Australia, uh, where he raced sports cars uh, there uh, in the Australian uh, division. Uh, so uh, Scott McLaughlin has made his uh, an American appearance, and uh, wow! So I think next, who is who is his sponsor? Are you looking at? Uh, no, I'm not, but. Uh, Scott McLaughlin won the race, though, over Alex Palou and Will Power on the podium. Colton Herta and Romain Grosjean. I believe Grosjean is now racing for uh, Andretti Autosport. They rounded out the top five. 
Rhinus VK, Graham Rahal, Scott Dixon, um, Marcus Erickson, and Takuma Sato from saying that right, rounded out the top 10. Helio Castro Neves was 14th, Simon Simon Pagano 15th, Joseph Newgarden 16th, Alexander Rossi 20th, Connor Daly 21st, good old seven-time Jimmy Johnson finished 23rd out of 26 cars. And I'll stay quiet (laughs) after that. Hey, he's moved up about three spots. Good job, Jimmy Johnson. And good job, IndyCar, for having a 26-car field. Um, you know, we, we've seen the field there dwindle down a lot uh, over the last couple of years. So now all we got to do is kick off the FIA uh, season, the uh, Formula for all you fans that don't know what FIA is, F-I-A. Um, I'm a big-time uh uh, Formula One fan, so uh, I do. I would love to talk about a little bit of that uh, this year. Also, if you want to catch up with it on Netflix, uh, you can watch uh, the uh, the series that they have there on Netflix as well. Um, some of my popular podcasts that I like to listen to: Door Bumper Clear, and uh, what is that? Brass Knuckles, Top. Uh, I don't know. It's a Dirty Mo Media. You got to check it out over there as well. I'm just uh, just a lot of you know. I'm just a lot of uh, fun right now. Um, so I guess it's Toasted Tweets. Uh, so where do we start? I hope you guys did your homework. I and, forgot uh, to if do not, my homework. Then I will week. try to keep this as entertaining as possible. They told me last week, guys, they told me that this was not a very entertaining segment. So I will try to spice it up a little bit and make it. I forgot my uh, homework this uh, week. Don't yell at me, Coach. All right. Well, I shared a few of them, so if you want, if you want to take one, that's cool. NASCAR Chasm, and I think we all should know who NASCAR Chasm is. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you I are them. missing out. The guy is hilarious. <laughs> well, I love them. Oh, all right. Here's what he said. All right. Are you ready? Go for it. Yeah. All right. NASCAR Chasm. At NASCAR Chasm. Well, hope Kyle Larson's dinner plans don't involve a pool room in rural Georgia. Hashtag <laughs> NASCAR. <laughs> Dolphinville Pool Room replied, they don't. So, uh, they don't include dinner plans in the Dolphinville, in any pool room in, say, <laughs> in Georgia. <laughs> I got a laugh out of you. Gosh dang it, it must have been a good one. All right, all right. So this was a little bit more on the serious side. You know how your wife always seems to say stuff, and you're like, man, please, just you're going to make it worse. Don't say anything at all. You know, I, 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 as a matter of fact, I made that mistake this week. I, I commented on something on Facebook that I shouldn't have commented on. I don't have a, a skin in the game with it, uh, but I took it as a personal insult against not only my friend but my former boss. And, uh, you know, the one thing about once you say something, you either have to delete it and look like a fool or you just have to stand on it and try not to add any more to it, you know, because when you you cannot argue with with people in life, you do, it, doesn't, it doesn't get anywhere. It doesn't solve anything. And just because you know something, you're privileged to know something, doesn't mean that everybody else needs to know that you are privileged to know certain things. I'll get that out of the way now. Um, that is uh, – <laughs> that's enough on that. So, uh, Jeff Buck tweeted, Christopher Bell is going four laps down 
due to flat tires. Obviously a problem that needs to be addressed. And again, I'm told NASCAR is very aware of it. So, a lady by the name of Morgan Bell. That would probably be Christopher Bell's wife. Do better, NASCAR. This is absolutely ridiculous. We all knew this was a problem for almost a year now. How is this still not fixed? Huh? 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 How did that one? You didn't get a laugh. Okay. All right. No, because we've been saying that forever. There's a little blow-up. Whoa. There it is. My bad. There it is. All right. All right. All right. Check this out. This one is one of my... One of my funny ones here. Uh, Woke Steve Phelps parody account at Woke Steve LGB. Nine spinning next-gen whales. Napa number nine car is the ninth one. That's the Napa know-how. Also, the next-gen car sucks, and so does the tire and wheel package. Tow truck is going to cover more laps than it has before in recent history. Thanks, Steve. I like that one. That was good. Non NASTAG Auto Club 400. Oh, well, it does seem it does seem like the tow trucks are getting uh, their future laps in this year. Oh, good God! That ha- that was good. That was good. Yeah, oh, any toes to tweet? Go at. At Black Flag Matter, uh, Darren Gilliam, who's a uh, big YouTuber and actually has a podcast on YouTube on Wednesday nights. Um, Eric Jones outperforming all four JGR cars is satisfying to watch. Hashtag NASCAR. That's toasted. All right, I got one more for you guys, and, and, and I had to go find this one. Uh, breaking news, President, since, since President Biden's on doing right now, President Biden has reached out to at NASCAR Steve Phelps to <laughs> off the Russian army. Hashtag NASCAR. <laughs> woke Steve Phelps said, yeah. can't do it. I'm too busy trying to replace the broken next-gen transaxle. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, that one was good. That one was good. Oh, so uh, we're at the bottom of the hour, 9.30. The four segments, five segments have gone rather quickly. Uh, Six segments. One, two, three, four. Yeah, four segments. My bad. Um, We're at the questions, the fan questions of the week. And um, our picks for the week. CJ Sports says he's going to get us our picks sooner rather than later, and he's not going to do default picks like he did last year. Um, so I guess so I'll we, read the first one. What's that? I guess I'll read the first one, and then we'll we'll all go around and answer because we got a little time. Craig Taz and Chris, why do they have to race the same car at Vegas that they ran at California? Is that a cost measure? Because I don't believe it's a car supply issue. Thanks for answering my question. I don't know who that came from. Um, you lied. I just shared it. <laughs> no, actually, I don't know who it came from. 
I'd have to look back in the messages. Oh, well, um, that came from your other half there, Craig. <laughs> oh. All right. So uh, she, I, she, I think she's listening in the bedroom. Um, it's simply this. NASCAR didn't get as many cars to the owners as they, sh- uh, the teams as they should have this year. And because these cars are pretty much interchangeable, they can reuse them. Um, well, there was somebody, oh, Ross Chastain, Ross Chastain, when he wrecked his car, uh, he went to a backup car. So the backup car was actually his, uh, Suarez's car, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, Suarez had to be really careful not to wreck his car this weekend, but I'm going to tell you what. That little Mexican jumping bean is doing is doing wonders this year. I'm really uh, I'm impressed. Well, it's kind of a cost it's kind of a cost thing, and the Craig, uh, you're right, but and also in a sense, it kind of plays into the fact where um, the reason why teams are using the same car for from California to Las Vegas is because teams usually have cars that are set up for certain tracks. What I mean by that is they'll each Hendrick will have like, say like 12 to 20 cars. I'm just throwing out numbers. I really don't know how many cars they have, but essentially let's go off of say William Byron's team. So William Byron's team and crew will have, a car set up for short tracks, so like Martinsville, Bristol, Richmond, and that car, that car or chassis or whatever, will sit there and will only be used for short tracks. They'll have another car that's mainly set up for road courses, so like Charlotte Roval, Circuit of the Americas, Watkins Glen, that type of deal. Then they'll have another car or chassis that's set up for primarily your cookie-cutter mile-and-a-half tracks, like Las Vegas, Auto Club, Atlanta. And then you have another car that's set up for super speedways, like Talladega and Daytona. Obviously, um, they'll have more. Um, they'll have more after that, but for like backup reasons and whatnot. But that's pretty, essentially that's the reason why um, a lot of teams are using the same car from Auto Club to Las Vegas. It's just usually they get a, they at least have one car that, that's set up for certain track types. All right. And then the next question, Chris, you got anything to chime in on that? Uh, no, sir. No. Uh, not at this time. Okay. Uh, Taz, you want to read the next one? Um, let me try to find it. I was prepared for All right, the first I got one. It. I just found it. Good morning, Chris. Now that last now last week during some pit road stops at Daytona, some cars stalled out and had to be pushed. Next thing you see is flames coming out of the pipes on the sides of that of those cars. Call nine one one. 
Why is that happening if the exhaust shouldn't? Those pipes. If it well, if it's exhaust shouldn't hit those pipes at the back. I'm sure there is a NASCAR explanation, and look forward to hearing it. Thanks again for your time. Well, first of all, with the with the pipes going towards the back, you want those pipes to be nowhere uh, to stay as far away uh, from the driver as possible. So any any time that you're pushing uh, the exhaust to the back of the car, you, you're basically, you know, you could uh, put your driver in danger of a carbon monoxide leak coming out of the tailpipes. Uh, so those those headers um, are a direct connection to the motor. What you see when you see those. The, uh, the fire coming out is that you're actually watching gas leak out of the pistons there. So when the car stalls, that gas was already being pushed into the piston, uh, which creates a backfire. If you'll notice that at a lot of the restrictor plate races, well, even the 1.5-mile uh, racetracks, when they let out of the gas, you'll, you'll see a uh, little flame come out of the side of the pipe. Uh, what's that? Is? Well, all that really is is, is uh, excess gas that's gone into the piston and leaked out. And uh, once once the the combustion happens, uh, that fire shoots through uh, the exhaust system and out the tail out out the uh, well I would say tailpipe, but it's just out of the exhaust pipe. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty simple as long as you're going to use combustible engines. You have air, you have gas, and you have uh, the combustion. And when you lose compression. Uh, the gas has nowhere to go but leaks, but to leak out uh, because it wasn't exploded. So the moment that you refire, uh, that that gas will ignite and create that small small explosion. I think it's really cool. I love it. That's what I love about night racing. Uh, you get to see really stuff like that. Um, one of the things that I did notice uh, this past weekend that I've not seen too much of, I believe it was Tyler Reddick when he got into a wreck. I watched the smoke come bellow off the tire, um, you know, and, and very few times do you ever get to see the wind move, but, the, you know, when you're watching the smoke just basically smoke off the tire there, it's uh, one of the situations where it takes you back. When you watch sprint cars, you can kind of see the air come off the back wing and stuff. It's, uh, you know, there's just little critiques like that that you notice as you become a, a fan of the sport little things that you didn't really notice in the beginning, but as you, uh, you know, you, you watch it more and more, you start seeing little things like that that are uh, pretty cool. And, uh, you know, that's what makes our sport pretty awesome. <coughs> All right. Well, thank you both for the questions. Uh, keep them coming. Let's see what uh, next week leads. What questions we have for next week? Will we have one, two, three, or five? It all depends on who all submits them, I guess. So it's that time of the show where we give you our picks. Um, I I don't remember how we do this. The person in the lowest so, points obviously goes last, uh, but I yeah, think no, lowest, whoever's lowest and whoever's lowest in overall standings gets to pick first, and whoever's the highest in standings gets to go last. So lowest in standings is the caution flag of radio over there, Mississippi man. Uh, Chris, you have first dibs. Craig, you're on deck. All right. All right. Well, on the truck series side, you know, uh, 
I've got to go with Kyle Busch. I mean, if if Kyle's running this series, you you uh you you have you to. This is the as well. You can't oh, pick yeah, him. You can't pick up picks. That's right. Oh, I love that rule, man. I love that rule. <laughs> I love that rule. No, uh, you don't. You yeah. hate that rule. No, 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 no. I love that rule. I love it because that that does that 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 makes it more spicy. That makes the win that much harder because really what I was going for was an easy win. That's because I, I needed one real bad. And and you know what? I mean, that's what I said. I love that rule, man. I love it because uh, you know it, to track you guys down, I don't need some bullshit like that. You know, I need to I need to really dig deep into my tablet and figure out because you know what? I believe I see I believe I see a name that's on this list that's uh, probably going to be picked by one of you as well. I'm I'm not going to turn my head on Ryan Priest because you know why? Ryan Priest is not a full time cup driver, so I can pick him. Ryan Priest is my pick for Woo. the truck series. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, guys, I know you're okay. thinking I was off the heel with Barry because he never was uh, showing up for anything in Daytona. Well, this past weekend, you got to see a little bit of Josh Barry. I'm very upset that we didn't get around to some Xfinity news uh, be, just because it was such a great race and how it ended. Uh, Cole Custer, uh, Bobby Daughter. Uh, picking up, uh, picking up the win there with that racing car. But uh, some things you just hey, can't can't squeeze in, and sometimes you just run out of time and stuff. But uh, um, so you know, I think AJ Allmendinger is a you know a solid pick uh, for for any race that we're going to uh, this year. I did notice John Hunter Nemechek is going to be in the 26 Sam Hunt Racing uh, uh, Xfinity car. That's going to be a guy, you know, we've seen what he did uh, with this couple of times in the main Toyota car. I have to I have to believe that this is a Joe Gibbs car. Uh, uh, so, you know, expect uh, John Hunter uh, to be one to deal with. Riley Hurts really needs a good run. As seeing what Cole Custer did uh, last week uh, uh, just shows how far off the team is and how they need to pick up the pace. <clears throat> Daniel Hemrick, colleague Grayson. You know, Daniel finished the year with a win and a championship. I think I had given up about two years ago on picking Daniel Hemrick. Well, I'm back on the Daniel Hemrick bandwagon, baby. I'm going to take Daniel Hemrick for the Xfinity win. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right, Never now we're going to cut side. You know, <laughs> so we're all excited Greg Biffle's racing again, and he's definitely uh, one that uh, I wish I could just burn one on and say, hey, I'm going to go with the Biff, but I can't. I just, you know, I'm, I'm too far behind right now. I've got to do some catching up. Uh, this is Las Vegas. Kyle Busch had a lot of success at Vegas. Uh, once again, you know, you have to wonder what's going on with these Toyotas, and are they going to be able to bounce back? You got, of course, Kyle Larson. He said, "Quote: I want to start a streak." Huh? This guy, he he was basically telling his teammates, "Shut up, Chase Elliott. I'm fixing to go on a tear like I did last year. I ain't just worried about this win. I'm worried about next wins, next week's win too." And you know what? 
I need a hot hand, baby. I need a real hot hand right now. Some hot, hot hands going with Kyle Larson, baby. Woo! Kyle Larson for the win. Kyle Larson. Two in How a about row? the godfather of racing, baby? Two in a row? Woo! Two in a row? Woof. So Priest, Hemmerich, right. and Larson. All right. Craig, you're on, you're up, and Miss Lee's on deck. All right. Well, we already got Miss Lee's. Um, hers is in the chat. No, For the we truck got series. Oh, okay. For the truck series, I'm going to go with JHN, John Hunter Nemechek. Um, I don't really have any rhyme or reason. Um, yeah, I really have no rhyme or reason. I usually don't to my picks. Whoever pops into my head, that's usually who I pick, which is why I do so shitty. But I'm okay with that. Um, hey, as long as you're okay with that, I guess that's okay with us. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, 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 I want to say Justin Allgaier, but... I don't know. Noah Gregson's been uh, Noah Gregson. I think is the hot shoe over JRM right now. So I'm going to go with Gregson in the Cup or in the uh, Xfinity Series. And then in the Cup, I actually was going to go with Larson because uh, I think he's on a streak. And but I'm actually going to go with. Uh, Hmm. Oh, give me one second. I'm trying to think of. I'm going to go with Keselowski. Woo! I'm going to go with Keselowski. I think he's got some shit to prove. Um, I would go with the hometown boy, Ross, Ross Chastain, but I think that's pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I say hometown boy because his family's farm is about 15 miles from where I live. Uh, I didn't know that until Sunday, until they seen him, till we seen him go on the hook. Um, and it said Alva, Florida, and I was like, "Hey, that's not too far for me." I was just in Alva on Friday, so. But, right. uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Brad Kislowski for the Cup Series win. So we got Chris picking Reese's Priests for the Truck Series and Daniel Hemroids for the Xfinity, then Lala Larson for two in a row. Craig's got Nematode, Noah Greg, no Aggressive, and B, have it your way, BK. Miss Lee is up, and she's um, not liking the fact that you two are picking off her list. <laughs> well, you know... Maybe she should have shared her list and we wouldn't have picked off of it. <laughs> uh, but she actually won this past weekend, so Yeah, she got a correct uh, pick. She's on, she she got a correct pick and is on the board with me. Story. All right, so she Chandler. says Chandler Smith, Daniel Hemroyd, and um the prick. Nicholas. I mean Joey Logano. I couldn't believe that he called Matt Kenseth a prick. I can. <laughs> well, I can. I can, but it was kind of funny because, as I said in the chat, 
when we were talking about it today, I'm like, did he really say that? And I didn't want to rewind the race to replay it again. And they didn't bring it up, so that tells me that he did say it. But everybody in the booth just laughed it off. And so I'm sorry that I interjected and took some time. Go ahead, Taz. Or Jason, I think, is next. CJ's picks are next. Yeah, he's got to pick a different truck driver because he picked he he picked Bushy for uh, the trucks, in which we, he can't do that, in which Chris found out the hard way too. Um, but yeah, but picked, Chris got that. He picked Mister Dingaling and AJ Allmendinger for the Xfinity race, and for the Cup side, he picked the face that runs the place, Chase Elliott. For my pick. On the truck side, I'm going with the guy who's finished in the top ten four out of the five starts in the trucks. He has a win at Vegas. We're going the guy out of Thor Sport Toyota Camp, Christian Eckes. On the Xfinity side, I'm teaming up with Craig. I'm going with Noah Greg, no Aggressive. And for the cup side, uh, Miss Lee and I are going to be teammates because I also picked Giggle Logano. Well, this thing, this should be an interesting race. Um, Taz, when you totally non racing related, uh, when do you start your new gig? New job gig? Yeah. Today. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Congratulations. I wasn't quite sure. That's awesome. Congratulations. Look at this. You won't know what it's like to have weekends off. Bring will find new projects for you around the house on the weekends. Don't start. I'll like I'm going to message you. And you wouldn't trade it for nothing. Once you once you get spoiled with weekends off, you'll never go back. Yeah, no. I I like my weekends for me. That is one nice thing about uh, my job is there's no weekends, and if there is, it's early in the morning, and I'm home by ten o'clock. Because, you know, it's nice here on the weekends. It's not snowing. All right. So we got a full weekend to race, and all three series are kicking off. Um, all three series. All right. He says it again. He is a slow learner. You cannot pick Rowdy. You cannot have You cannot have Bush. CJ. Bush is out. Pick no, another No, no, no. Yes. Do another truck. Got to be a truck regular or a non-Xfinity and non-Cup driver. Chris found the loophole in there with Ryan Priest. Right, because that's a gray area. We said no full-time drivers. We didn't say anything about no part-time drivers, and you can't change the rule now. We all agreed upon this. That's right. 
Yeah, but exactly in all right. fairness to CJ, he wasn't around for a while, he so he was on a high level. I'm pretty sure he saw the rules. And need I add, you know, he's in the same truck. He's with the same truck team that uh, Zane Smith won the uh, Daytona race with. So, uh, yeah, that'll uh, that'll tell you. That's a pretty Freeze? strong pick there, Priest. No, he's oh, not. Priest, yeah, yeah, he's racing for DDR. No. Oh yeah, that's right. That's Front Row Motorsports. You told me that last week. Uh, still, uh, it's not sunk in. That's a front row motorsports car. Truck. I'm Sorry. nabbing you. I have. Whew, this has been a hell of a show this week. I tell you what, I have struggled from the time this microphone got turned on all the way to my last sentence of the show. If you guys just well, Chris, turned it off midway, I don't freaking blame you. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes Chris, I gotta ask you, how'd your boy do in the tournament? Other times we're just how'd your boy? Well, how'd your boy do in the archery tournament? He finally broke two hundred, so uh, that's that's uh, we're proud of him. He's been working to break that two hundred mark. Uh, he finished uh, fourth on the list, and uh, the other one he did a, a about a twenty point improvement. So uh, uh, both uh, both of them are heading in the right direction. That's awesome. That's awesome. I want to give this a plug in here. Next week's show, we will have a guest known as Brandon Clapperton from the southern tier, uh, southern tier part of New York. Uh, he's a promoter of two kart tracks. Uh, known as Action Park East and Champion Speedway. Uh, he is also the promoter and founder of the Extreme Budget Predator Series that is growing in New York. And he is also the promoter of the New York Dirt Cart Nationals that was held earlier um, in the month of February, I believe it was. Um, over in Norwich, New York, and in a couple of weeks, they're going to do a indoor uh, nationals finale in Norwich, and he'll be on to talk about the indoor nationals, what he's got planned for two tracks, and where his extreme budget predator class is going to, because they're, they're branching out from just his two tracks. They're branching out to different tracks this year. So I want to give that a plug in as well. All right. Well, we got racing starting this weekend at Wide Out Motorsports Park. Battle of the States. Ninth annual Battle of the States. We hope to see you there. A lot of money. I think $2,000 to win for the 604 late models. Uh, $1,500 to win on the street stock side. I believe it's 1200 to win uh, in the modified uh, 600 to win factory stock, so uh, make sure that you guys are there. I believe the 602s are racing as well. I don't know the uh, – uh, maybe they're, they're racing for $1,000 or something like that. Also, the Hub City 200 down at Hattiesburg Speedway, that's going to be the USDS Sprint Cars. Uh, Kenny Schrader is going to be down at Hattiesburg Speedway. Uh, he's going to be racing in the modifieds. It's 600 to win on Friday night, $1,000 to win. 
on Saturday night. So make sure you go down to the Hub City or you're up at the House of Hook. Either way, uh, do some kind of racing this weekend. I believe Jackson Motor Speedway is opening up uh, this weekend as well. So uh, a lot of Super that. Here we go. It's time. It's springtime. It's time to get back racing. Greg? Yeah, I'm here. Um, Henry County Sports Park, Motorsports Park, will be racing, I believe, Friday and Saturday night this week. Uh, They've not posted anything yet as far as uh, if they have any specialty classes. So the 4.6 cars will be running as they do every week. Um, Hopefully we'll have an update on it by the time we get on the show on Tuesday. They'll have posted their winners um, on their Facebook page and on their uh, website. Hey Craig, it's not it's not uh, it's not here. It's present. You're welcome. Chaz. Well, nothing much happening locally here other than the Short Track Super Series Elite Series Round Two will be kicking off the South Region as well. Um, at Georgetown Speedway for the Melvin L. Joseph Memorial the weekend of March 10th through the 12th. Um, Another $25,000 modified uh, paycheck on the line for the winner. And that's pretty much about it for up here. I mean, we're quiet until basically, for the most part, end of March, beginning of April. The car show's coming up the end of March. Coming up later this month as a guest is going to be Terrell Racing. Uh, Jeremy and Jeff are going to join us on the show. Uh, they actually gave a sneak peek to what uh, the new car is going to look like. So we'll be interested to talk to them in a couple of weeks as well. That's going to close it. Well, thank you all for listening to Race Chat Live here on Blog Talk Radio. This has been the caution flag of racing radio, Chris Creighton, the DJ music man, Craig Moore. I'm the Tasmanian Devil Flaggers, Taz Taylor, saying good night. We'll see you all at the same bat time, same bat place here on Blog Talk Radio. This is Race Chat Live. Good night, everybody. Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Planting the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way That's just a little bit more than the noble life. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood.